welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. All right, welcome back. So if you've been listening to the show for a really long time, then you know that enhanced living isn't necessarily just about your state of mind and how we act in the world, but it's also about what we put in our bodies. And I don't know that I've even mentioned this before, but I'm a longtime drinker of kombucha. Now, for some of you listening, you might not even know what that is. Well, good news, you're going to find out today. Because on the show today with me, I have one of the co-founders of Health Aid Kombucha, Vanessa Dew. She's with me right now. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be on the show with you. I want to ask real quick, for, for the people, for my listeners who don't know what kombucha is, can you give us a little insight at what the benefits are? Yeah, of course. And if you don't know what kombucha is, you're not alone, but you, it's Interestingly enough, like close to, I want to say 90% of the population does not know what kombucha is. So we've only scratched the surface, but what it is, it's a fermented tea rich in probiotics and healthy acids. So at the core, kombucha is great for the gut. So full of probiotics to really help increase your body's immunity from starting from the gut and healthy acids are great in terms of just overall kind of body function Kombucha is great to get your body back to homeostasis and in general it makes you feel good, taste good and it's bubbly. So why not, you know, give your body a treat while you're drinking something delicious too? Yeah, I, 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 I think that's a really, really wonderful way to put that. And it's, it's one of those things I remember my very first taste of kombucha was I think back in about 2009. And I remember the first, it was my wife who introduced it to me and I took a sip and I was like, wow, that tastes like a dirty gym bag. And so <laughs> now here's the thing is that it's come a long way in the years since. So because it's a fermented tea, so there's two, there's two aspects of this. One, in- instantly when you think fermented, you think alcohol. And two, when you think of that, that you know, fermented tea kind of smell, it's like, oh, but that's not really the case, right? So because I've, I've been drinking Health Aid kombucha forever and your kombucha tastes amazing. So how, how is it that you figured out a way to make it good? Yeah, well, we get that a lot that our kombucha actually tastes good to some of the newcomers to this world of fermented foods. And so yeah, I think one of the hallmark differences of what we do is not only do we you know, take a lot of care in the quality of how we make it, but one of the key components is using fresh pressed juice. So that juice component, not from concentrate, not flavoring, not any type of, what is it called? The uh, the emulsion, the kind of similar flavors that you would find that are imitations and not the real thing. And we use fresh pressed juice that really give kind of that palette, that approachability and flavor. 
And in terms of the flavors that we do choose to put out to market, it's something that we think the majority of people would find appetizing and delicious. So, you know, when you think about passion fruit, watermelon, tropical punch, those are all kind of iconic fruits or flavors that you grew up with. And the sweetness of it really takes you back somewhere that is reminiscent of summer. And so we want to put out flavors that actually elicit that type of response that is delicious, not something that is too piercing in terms of bitterness at all. And so that's how we've really led with our flavor strategy. And when we think about, you know, the care and quality that we always put into our kombucha, it's best tasting, highest quality at all times. And so that's been our true north ever since day one and still with us today. Yeah, I mean, you definitely succeed at that. I don't think there's a healthy kombucha flavor that I've tried that I haven't liked. Like straight up, they're all just delicious. Now, for anyone listening who's never tried it before, I highly recommend you go out and get some. And and I know that you've grown this from from you know just a, a basic startup in 2012 to available in over 30,000 stores right now, Costco included, at least in my neck of the woods in 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 Los Angeles. But you can literally get it anywhere. And this is something where to me, this is I don't I'm not a drinker. I don't drink alcohol, but this is my beer. I'll have like a full kombucha every single day. That's that's the way I, I live. And so you have a background, actually, a Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. Can you explain a little bit about why fermented foods and why probiotics and, and gut health are important for people? Because you, you're providing right now with HealthAid, and HealthAid, obviously, the, the name of the drink is obviously there's health in it. There's a reason why. And, and you know, this is a delicious drink that's also good for you. So could, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So you know, my background in science is I'm a science nerd at Harvard, and I always thought I would become that doctor that would make my Asian parents proud. I did it ultimately, you know, go down that path, but I'm really, I still wanted to pursue something within science, which is why I was really intrigued by pharm- pharmaceuticals. That's where I had my first job, met you know, my current co-founder and best friend. So, you know, from there, we really forged kind of this strong friendship in not so much science, but this this vision of feeling better for yourself somehow, like healing yourself from the inside. And so when we think about what's the great things that science does for the world, I think you think about technology, drugs that really help cure illnesses. There is That's awesome. There's a great place for that. But when you really think about how you start to take preventative measures to keep yourself healthy, to keep yourself whole, That's where it didn't really vibe for me personally uh, within the pharmaceutical industry to keep on taking a pill as a band-aid for ultimately some root causes of what illnesses could be derived from. And so when you think about preventing that, you know, fermented foods, kombucha is a great way to embed a really healthy habit into a daily lifestyle. So fermented foods, prominent in most cultures, I would want to, I want to say, where you know you go back thousands of years and fermented foods has a place in many cultures just because of the benefit of probiotics, the benefit of really building your immune system. And so from that angle, kombucha is a no-brainer when you think about the fortifying effects with probiotics. So all the good bacteria to implant into your gut. And day to day, we're exposed to so much processed food now. And so when you think about kind of this war or battleground within your gut. You have your good bacteria and your bad bacteria. And ultimately kombucha helps strengthen yourself with all the good stuff that you got anyway, just um, preserving and increasing those little warriors there, you know, the good bacteria. So for, for me and for us, it's really been 
amazing to see the, the good and the positive benefit that kombucha has had, not just from a flavor standpoint and you know, providing a great beverage out in the world, but you know, for people really gaining a benefit from it, you know, to help bring equilibrium to their system, to help bring them more calmness, if you will, in their digestive tract and really getting them on kind of this healthier path and doing something healthier for themselves, making them feel good one step at a time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing, first of all. And I, I, I applaud you for bringing this to market, because I think it's, I think it's really so important for people to look at things from a holistic perspective, as opposed to the band-aid perspective, like you mentioned, my background is in is in yoga and Ayurveda, and Ayurveda is about treating the whole person. It's not about, okay, well, you know, your, your, your arm hurts, let's put a band-aid on it, or, or let's, let's massage the arm. It's, well, no, what actions are you taking? that are causing this to go out of whack and hurt you, right? And there have been studies that have shown that your gut health is actually related to mental health and, and heart health. Can you touch on that a little bit? Because I know you know about it. So Yeah, so it's interesting because there's not a lot of published studies that are backed by you know, big pharma in that way. But anecdotally, and just with thousands, hundreds and thousands, I guess, of just years of utilizing fermented foods, there are clear linkages to what fermented foods and probiotics can really have in terms of better immunity, stronger mindset, just a stronger mental focus, if you will. And though there's no like direct linkage in terms of like what's proven by the pharmaceutical world out there, it is seen in uh, modern America. And I'm really excited that more people are kind of jumping on this train. So I, I believe there's a stat, there's more bacteria strains within your gut than there are stars in the Milky Way. And so if you think about what composition of your gut with just bacteria, both good and bad, obviously you want to help introduce more of the good than the bad. And really your, I heard that your second brain is really your gut. And that's the first kind of indicator of illness across your whole body. And so that can be from anything related to skin, hormones, mental focus, mental acuity, digestion, obviously, and just an overall kind of being energized and ready to take on the day. There's a lot of great benefits in probiotics for your body. Yeah. I mean, you definitely just said it. You hit the nail on the head that the second brain is is the stomach. And, and for so many people, if they find themselves in a position of, you know, high stress, the first thing you get is a stomach ache. You know what I mean? It's it's so it's so amazing how the two are linked. So we've now we've now just kind of discussed why the kombucha, right? Like what the point of drinking it is. I want to kind of touch on right now what inspired you to get into this business. You said that you met your business partners, who by the way are a husband and wife duo. You met them through your your degree. But what inspired you to start up a kombucha business? Because of all things, I mean, back then, no one was doing it, right? So not, or very yeah. few. I mean, there was like maybe two other brands, I think at that point, three, maybe. Yeah, very few people knew about it. Even fewer actually started companies around it. Um, people didn't know how to say the word. People still don't know how to say the word, to be honest. But yeah, no, me and my best friend and her husband, we all were you know, in our mid-20s, living in LA, living our life within corporate, our corporate jobs. And we we're running this hamster wheel constantly where we were building someone else's dream and we all kind of had that bug within ourselves to start something we were dreamers at heart and we wanted to be our own bosses and really build a business we could be proud of and so that was really the impetus for starting a business and you know that led us to start this entrepreneur club where it was really a great excuse for us to 
sit down at a dinner table, share a great meal and wine and brainstorm different business ideas. And where I was going to business school at the time, like you mentioned, and it was during that time that I learned about just the right discipline to think about the right feasibility of bringing businesses to launch. And I introduced that to our little entrepreneur club. And when we talked about different brainstorming ideas, we took those ideas and put it through this feasibility algorithm, if you will. You know, what's the level of investment? Um, do we even know how, what's our competency and level of knowing how to even work with this type of product? How much, like how many people do we need to hire to get this off the ground? Like a lot of those questions. And at the heart of it, we, um, Dinah had been brewing kombucha. She's a nutritionist. And we thought that there was something there with kombucha. We just didn't know what yet. And little known story though, is that Justin actually you know, came home that one day and he went to the hairdresser and that hairdresser said he would be, you know, had a sentence of baldness at 30 years old. And so he was very distraught. And so we thought, well, clearly this is a, a pain, an opportunity in the marketplace. How do we cure male pattern baldness? And so from that whole idea, we thought, okay, let's look up and let's, let's assume different solutions that could work for this. And through that undertaking, we discovered kombucha could be good for hair loss, not drinking it, but actually utilizing the SCOBY. So the ferment, so the culture that we use for fermentation, we would take that and create a mask that is used as hair loss, hair loss prevention, essentially. So we started fabricating and really experimenting different hair masks from kombucha, from the SCOBY. And, you know, one day we just decided this is not our core competency. We're not clinicians. We're not even great hair clinicians or hair technicians, if you will. We're washing his hair and counting his hair. It was a whole mess. But at the end of the day, we did have delicious kombucha. And so we decided to start selling that kombucha at the farmer's market. And it was at the farmer's market that we really kind of it was the school of hard knocks, if you will, in consumer feedback, because we're able to really sell to them, understood what consumers like, didn't like about our flavors, around how we were messaging kombucha, how we're educating around health aid. And so it was a great first start into the foray of kombucha. And it was really eye-opening to see, you know, there was this whole big blue ocean of people out there who didn't know what kombucha was, but maybe excited to do something better for themselves. And we would sell it every weekend at the farmer's market. And that's when we actually thought we were onto something. That's an amazing story. So you actually went out in one direction, looking to do one thing and ended up completely making a U-turn and, and basically sort of stumbling into this successful business. But so like at first glance, someone might look at that and go, oh, wow, it was just kind of happenstance. But this is really just, this is, this is trial and error. This is continuing to push on no matter what was in your way. That's yeah. so, that's so inspiring. Can you talk about some of the, some of the, you know, hurdles that you had to overcome in bringing it from just a farmer's market kombucha stand essentially to this now over 300 person company with a product in over 300 stores with new products coming out, which by the way, I had the the amazing pleasure of, of getting a sample of Booch Pop, which is awesome. Is that, is that in stores yet? Yes, it is. So Healthy Booch Pop, it, we just launched it. So what it is, it is um, you know, the kombucha that everyone knows and loves. It's an ingredient combined with a unique belly benefit blend, the minerals, probiotics, and found in a can form. So a great 
functional soda, if you will. And we're excited to have that in Whole Foods, actually in SoCal at most of the major markets right now and looking to expand that further. But yeah, back to the low points. I mean, what what didn't come our way that was a low point, I should say. I would say in the very beginning, it was just how do we get out of kind of this never ending cycle of just um, being technicians with our kombucha? How do we start to work on the business rather than working on the business? And so that was a big big struggle. And it came with a lot of low points. You know, for example, you know, in the farmer's market days, we were so cheap because we had zero money. Cash is very important to build a business. And we ordered our glass jars that we used for fermentation. And we were so cheap, we didn't order inside delivery. I remember one of the low points for me was I just quit my job. I just decided to, you know, take out 80K of my savings to fund my life and fund health aid. And I had to move all these glass jars inside to her garage and like bleeding, teary eyed, just thinking, what did I do with my life? And so that was one of the low points for me, just like, am I on the right track here? And so another time was, I I think it was, you know, it was right before we moved into our kitchen in 2014, like our official like kitchen that we were going to really start to scale in. And the like two weeks before that, we were paid the visit by the city health officials. And the kitchen that we were in, we it was totally up to date in terms of you know health permits, but we didn't know that you had to get everything approved by the city. And so at the time we had fabricated these racks that we bought at you know restaurant depot in order to gain more capacity, but we didn't get those racks approved by the health department. And so we were red tagged because we had pieces of equipment that just weren't put through the process. And that would have devastated our business because we had just got investment. We didn't have a kitchen to move into yet. We had, you know, 50K worth of orders ready for us. And so that was a really low point just from a, where do we go from here when we're red tagged? I think another low point was, you know, cash. I mentioned you need cash to start a business Mm -hmm. and we had none of it in the beginning. We were paying ourselves $600 every six weeks and, the rest was put back into the business. And so from that point of view, it was like we had, we were subsisting on like ramen, free food from whoever could give it to us. We were just so just physically worn, mentally exhausted and the prospects of what got growth was without, you know, a cash infusion was, it was hard. Right. And so the mental low point that you go through at that moment is just a lot, but many low points along the way, but I can say they're equally, I guess you could say balanced with a lot of the exciting growth that our company was on. But, you know, with each, with each celebration seemed to have another moment, another fire to put out or another moment to, you know, cry about, it seems. Right. And, you know, they say, or they say, I mean, I think it's a known thing is that the difference between failure and success is, is literally what you do in those low moments, right? Because in any business, in any venture, anytime you're trying to do something or, or you have a vision for something, you're going to hit hurdles along the way. What was it that kept you going? Number one. And number two, how did you overcome the, you know, those, those, pain points? Is it through a meditation practice? Is it through, what was it that helped you kind of get there? Yeah. I think it was really helpful that I had my co-founders to really you know, pick me up when I was personally down. So you know, those who are solopreneurs, I don't know how they mentally get through the day oftentimes, but 
know, that was a big benefit having a strong team that we could call on each other. I read two books. One was Design Your Life and another one was The E-Myth. And both of those really helped put things into perspective, whether it be what fulfills you and how to really kind of march forward with all the craziness of work and personal life going on. So in both of those instances, I would say E-Myth helped me compartmentalize the work itself. Design Your Life really helped me compartmentalize the different buckets of life that I that makes me whole and making sure that I, I give the right amounts to those buckets. So whether it be family, relationship, charity, donation, whatever it might be, making sure that I'm not giving, letting any of those buckets run dry, if you will. So that was important. And then working out has always been really core to you know, letting out kind of all my tension and frustration. I'm not your typical like yoga meditator, although I would love to meditate and be really kind of enthralled in that practice. But what's really helped me is just embedding, whether it be spinning, high intensity, just interval training. That was a routine for me to know that I can physically, I guess, work away my frustrations was helpful. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, I'm I'm very much similar in that capacity where, and I think most people are, is that when you're going through stress, your body feels it. And so if you're not active and you're not actually doing good things for your body, it's going to, it's going to turn into something that's really not good for your body. So I think it's so important to be active and to exercise. And I think that's, that's really a wonderful thing. I, I, a lot of people get lost in the, in the day to day and they, they, they make bad food choices. They make the wrong exercise choices in that, oh, I'm too tired. I'm just going to, I'm just going to sit down, open up this bag of potato chips and watch TV. And I, I just, I think it's pretty amazing that a, you're, you're putting out a product right now, which, which goes almost hand in hand with sitting down in front of the TV. Cause you can sit in front of the TV and enjoy a kombucha. And I mean, Lord knows I do it every day. So, but at the same time, I, I think this, it's this whole theme of, of keeping that, that health minded focus and pushing through the boundaries. You mentioned that having support was so key. And I, I think that's wonderful. You also mentioned that making sure that all the buckets were full or at least full to the point that they needed to be. What buckets do you find usually tend to get neglected the most? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say time and time again, it's always like the self bucket, the self-care bucket. That has been always a work in progress. And I think, you know, for me, I've I've always hit rock bar bottom, if you will, when I'm not giving myself the utmost care. So what I've had to do recently is, or I guess I would say over the last year, is literally embed in my schedule the time to bucket out for myself, to either get a massage, to get my hair done, to take a hike, to do things that make, to go sit on the beach, to be honest. Like it doesn't even have to be something crazy. It's just something that I really, really just enjoyed or want to do at that time. And making sure that I do them is the most important thing, I would say. And I would say the next step in that is actually feeling like letting myself be truly relaxed and present in that moment. Because, and then maybe this is why I'm not a good meditator is, so even when I'm doing those things, or even if I sit within meditation, I often find my head uh, like whirling with all the things that I need to do. And so I would say that embedding my, like the personal time that I do create for myself with activities that just allow me to be in the present moment 
will be really helpful. That's kind of my next step of self-care evolution. I think that's, I think that's so important. And it's so important for, I, I believe my listeners to hear in that you're, you're basically, well, you're running a successful company. It's, I mean, by all metrics, it's successful. The product is amazing. You're in, like I said, over 30,000 stores at this point. That's, I, I don't know if, if anyone listening isn't sure that you, you've made it at this point. Yes, sure. There's levels. There's obviously new goals. There's more things to do. There's always something more to do. But at this point, you've established, right? So it's a brand name that people know. And, and you know what? You're right. Some people still don't know how to pronounce kombucha. I was in line at Costco not long ago and I had a case and someone's like, oh, that's that kombucha there. And I'm like, I'm not even going to address that <laughs> because that's how it's spelled. It's what it looks like, but that's just not what it's not what it is. And so, but again, you know, people don't know, but they, the person was like, oh, I think I tried that once or something. I overheard them saying it and, and they liked it. So it's, it's so important whether you're running a multi-million dollar company, whether you're running a small mom, mom and pop shop to prioritize self-care because so many people think that if I take time for myself, I'm being selfish, but it's the most selfless thing you can do because how can you give from an empty bucket? I usually say cup, but we're talking buckets today. So, um, you know, how, how, how can you give from an empty bucket? You can't. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I had to learn that time and time again. And I'm actually, I feel like the business is better when I'm at my best. And so when I'm at my best, that is, you know, making sure that all those things come into play. And I actually can feel myself kind of unwinding and like just kind of a whole scrambled mess. And when that happens, I can tell how the business takes a negative effect from that as well. So it's a, it's a good point. It's so important for us to make sure that we're operating at our best. And sometimes that means, Hey, you know what? I need to take a break for a minute and go take a walk, take a nap, take, go get exercise. I think exercise is so integral. Uh, I think a lot of people put that off when it should be the priority because So many people treat their cars better than they treat their bodies. And and that's a shame, I think, because, you know, your body is your car. It's your vehicle. It's if whether I mean, you know, my my belief is we're all basically not basically we're all souls in bodies. Right. The body is the vehicle. The soul is who we are. And if you don't treat your vehicle right, it's going to break down on you. And then eventually, as far as I know, at this point, we don't have the capacity to enter a new vehicle. You know, <laughs> once once the body gives out, you're, you're done for now, you know, right. <laughs> so talk to me real quick, because obviously your, your, your business obviously takes up a lot of your time, but you're also a mentor to students at USC. Is that right? Yeah. I think, you know, building healthy the first couple of years, I would say it was head down. How do we just, you know, do this? And then after that and still building healthy, I realized that one of the buckets or cups that needed fulfilling is how do I start to give back to those that, were in our position eight, nine years ago, really wanting to do something for themselves and following their gut to their own entrepreneurship venture. And so for me, I'm heavily involved with USC in terms of just talking to their entrepreneurship students, working with their career program. I think I'm talking to a conference that they're doing or speaking in a conference that they're doing in October. So I'm very active as a Trojan. I'm also really super active in other entrepreneurship organizations like Gold House, which is a community that helps to support creatives and entrepreneurs within the Asian American community. I advise for a couple different brands. So really trying to give back where I can. And, you know, it's really given me some good just juju feeling as well to feel like I am giving back to those who need it. 
That's that's wonderful. What's what would you say is like the the one thing that people ask the most when they're looking to advice uh, for advice from you as as a mentor from a mentorship position? What would you say is the number one thing people ask? From a business perspective, I would say the number like one and two are tied. Is one is you know how did you get kind of your investors or how much how did you bring money into the business? So that was probably number one. The second one that's equally tied is just how do you start to like hire a team from those early stages onward? Because just, I think people recognize how important team building is and building a culture. I would say from the personal side in those mentorship calls is just, you know, how, what can I do for myself or what, what do I tell myself to get out of my head with the imposter syndrome that can creep in? So that's probably the biggest thing that comes up around just personal, I guess, sanity. It's it's pretty amazing because I've I've interviewed a lot of amazing people and and I'm 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 blessed to have the opportunity to do that. And it seems as though this imposter syndrome comes up so often where people it's really this feeling of like, well, who am I to do this? Why should I do this? How why would I why would I succeed? And my answer to that is always, well, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you succeed? Who why why not you, right? How do you help people get over the imposter syndrome? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting as I, I do think there's two types of people, like one who's just like glass half full, like, why wouldn't you see it like the way you just mentioned? Or, you know, how could I not see all the things that are negative with this? So there are those two types of people. And I've come to realize that like for those that are habitually going to be like negative about it, you know, proof points are really good for them. So it's like, you know, can you tell me a time when you shared, you had a similar feeling? What was the worst thing that happened in that time? Did it come true? Like going back to their shared, their experience and actually like data, like their own data points to show them like the worst is not that bad. And so what's the harm in really trying? So I think that's important. And then for those optimists that are kind of talking kind of in that same lens, it's more about seeing like the what if and amplifying the what could be. So I think that's how I kind of uh, balance the two because not every one person thinks the same way or comes from the same worldview to in order to kind of get them off of that imposter syndrome mind train. Yeah, it's it's so true because when you when you look at it, so many people have these fears that are completely unfounded. They'll never come true. They will never ever be anywhere as bad as you think that they will. And and that's I I think a lot of the, the biggest roadblocks that we have in life are really self-imposed. It's it's imagined when really the reality of the situation is far less scary, far less daunting. And sometimes it is, sometimes it is. Let's not let's not be, you know, let's not deceive ourselves. But for the most part, the obstacles that you think you're gonna face are not the obstacles that you face at all. Right. Totally. I think I read that fear. Uh, what does the acronym stand for? It's like, man, I re- we did a team building with it the other day. And I remember fear was an acronym. And it was like the F was something but expressing all realities. And, you know, when you really confronted fear, it was just really all the what if scenarios in your head that you're going through. And maybe none of them are actually going to be true and manifest. So it's really important to to talk through that. But fear really freezes you in those moments. 
It really can. To your point, I believe there was an acronym or uh, two versions of fear, which was forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Those were the two. And you can do one of the, you do one of each or one or the other, you know, you can't do both, you know, (laughs) but it's, it's either you face up to it and and rise to the occasion or you forget everything and just run. And I think the people, I don't think, I know that the people who succeed are the ones who face everything and rise. You had mentioned that team building was such an important part of success and having the right team around you. When you get to a place of having to motivate, you know, a workforce of like, like we've mentioned, 300 people, everyone has to be somewhat similarly on the same page working towards a similar goal, right? So what are certain things that you implement for team building? How have you helped bring your company together in a cohesive way? Yeah. So a couple things, you know, culture is super important to us, both from like a fundamental, we use a culture to ferment, but culture in the company has always been a competitive advantage in our mind. And so I think that comes in different ways, but you know, leadership is very important, making sure that everyone that we have at Health Aid, but also especially those in leadership positions, are able to adequately communicate and really, I guess you could say, is this compassionate candor and how feedback is given. So that's important. And we have a set of values that stands for goal, grit, optimism, authenticity, and leadership. And those are just shared values that we verbalize, we talk about. It's very clear when you come into the company what our values are. And so not only do we just talk about it, but we also review on them. We interview on them. We ask scenario questions on how to understand if this person does exemplify those traits. And so it does become more of a living living value versus just words on a page. And then we think about how to continuously kind of build the rapport, build empowerment within our teams. Our HR team has been monumental and instrumental in really embedding trainings for a company our size to have the types of trainings that our HR team has employed, whether it be talking about emotional intelligence, career development, skills training. I think those are all things that the employee of today really wants to embed into their repertoire. And so we've been able to arm them with those types of life skills. And so it's been really helpful to know that we're investing in our team so that they can be better for themselves and for our company. That's that's beautiful. You know, it's it's one of those things that that I tend to live by and, and it's stuff that I, I talk about with my clients all the time and you know, people on the show too, what you put in is what you get out. You reap what you sow. So if you're investing in your clients, they will inv- not your clients, but if you're investing in your employees and the people who work with you, they're going to invest in you too. So it's it's a it's a two way street. It's I, I look at this from you know from what you're telling me, and and again, you know, it makes sense based on your product, right? The the company policy. Not I don't even want to use policy. The company mentality, the temperature of the company is really all about accountability and 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 really investing in each other, which is such a huge and important thing. And that's to me what makes a company successful, especially today with all the the different climate crises we're facing and the different social issues that we have at the moment. To be able to say, hey, you know what, we're going to invest in each other. Let's let's all be better. What you said, grit or authenticity and leadership, right? Yeah, yeah. Grit, grit, optimism, authenticity, and leadership. Optimism. 
Yeah. Yeah. That is okay. That is a beautiful acronym. Grit, optimism, authenticity, and leadership. I mean, if everyone could live by the health aid kombucha company motto uh, <laughs> or mission statement, I think the world would be so much a, a much better place. So I want to know what, what, what's got you excited about now moving forward with the company? I know that the Booch Pop is, is one of the new things that you're excited about, but, and, and if that's what it is, great. We could talk about it a little bit more, I suppose, but what's, what's got you really excited moving forward? Yeah. So I think what's been the most exciting thing is, so I just had a baby and I just got kind of back formally to work um, over the last month and knowing where the business has been versus where I want to take the business in the future, I think is the most exciting part. So when you think about one, from a product launch standpoint, you have Healthy Booch Pop. We just launched that in SoCal. We also just launched Healthy Plus, which is a line of our core kombucha that you can find at Whole Foods right now. And it's really the kombucha that everyone knows and loves, but it's with adaptogens truly built for functional need states. And we think this is only going to, you know, pack, this is more power in the kombucha that everyone drinks for the you know, power of probiotics anyway. So we think the core user of kombucha will love this. You might love Healthy Plus. Third is our kind of innovation platform and pipeline into the next year out is really exciting when I think about not just what we launch and scaling that out, but also looking at areas of adjacency, whether it be categories to grow into, other areas to innovate in, uh, where can the healthy brand really stretch into, I think is the really exciting part for me. Uh, second is our team. And you know, I think about now we're you know, over $100 million in retail sales, and we've had a mighty team. Some would call it large, but I guess I would say that it is lean for the size of company that we are. And when I think about how we're going to not just scale out our innovation and product, but what our team can really do, because really it's them who makes the world go round now and empowering them to do more, hire more people who can be subject matter experts and take our company to the next level is what I'm excited to see kind of be kind of embedded into the future of health aid. And then third is, you know, I, our operational efficiency. I don't think you ever come online and, and on the podcast and say, I love our operations team, but <laughs> seeing what our team has done over the last three months, just when it comes to integrating an ERP, really kind of building in the best way to make us efficient so that we can bring more value to the end user and either through, um, you know, better promotions better price points, better education is always where my heart will be. So that's really exciting. And overall, I'm just most excited to see where the brand can be. I know HealthAid, the product itself, we can be a product in every fridge or every fridge in America, but where how the brand is able to really start to explode is where I'm most excited. That's, I mean, that's awesome. First of all, congratulations on becoming a mom. It was first baby, first baby? First baby, yep. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, that's, I mean, to me, that is, that is a gigantic accomplishment right there. Just being a parent, especially in this day and age, also while running a company is, is just, it's, it's bananas, but congratulations. That's wonderful. And, and everything that you're saying about this company moving forward, you know, I, I was a fan of health aid kombucha before, but even more so now this, I can't wait to see the things that come down the pipeline. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. 
You're so welcome. I want to know before we wrap up, the show really is all about how people can live enhanced and how they can become the best version of themselves. And this is something that I'm constantly striving for in my own life to become the best version of myself. And I've said this on the show before, and I, I always like kind of springing it on guests because it's funny. But I, I take I take it from a, an Arrowhead water billboard that I once saw somewhere, and I only saw it once, and I never saw it again, and I don't know why they... Because it probably doesn't apply to water, let's be honest. But their their slogan was, better has no finish line. And I was like, wow, that's deep. Because you can always do just a little bit better. Even if you're, even if you're great already, you yeah. can always be better, right? And so that's kind of sort of, well, that's been my motto ever since I saw that billboard. I was like, you know what? Yes, I can always be better. Let me, let me try. So... With that being said, what would you say is the one thing, if if you had to choose one, that you would you would give to my listeners to say, hey, you know what? If you just do this one thing, this will help you live a little bit better each and every day. So one thing that I started doing over the last year and a half, and this was really helpful during my pregnancy too, but you don't have to do it if you're just a pregnant woman, is integrating power poses into your morning routine. So, you know, as you're getting ready for work after you brush your teeth, just you know, lifting up whatever your power pose might be, uh, whether it's you know a strongman pose, a superwoman pose, a downward dog pose, whatever it might be, to help you kind of get you the right kickoff to your day. It really does help to set the tone for how you feel. It's kind of my version of getting up on the right side of the bed type practice. I love that because your body doesn't really know the difference. And if you just put yourself in that state of mind and just literally put your body in that position of power, position of positivity, it literally will emanate out or radiate out into your day. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's been a great integration in my life. I absolutely love that. For anyone listening today specifically, go ahead and grab yourself a Health Aid kombucha if you have not. Right, Our personal favorite flavor at the moment is the bubbly rose, which is, to me, that's kind of, it's like a champagne-y sort of, but it's not, it's just, it's delicious. Go, I mean, the, the Pink Lady Apple's amazing too. Look, all of them are great. Try a bubbly rose, that, or bubbly rose, bubbly rose. I, we call it the bubbly rosé just to be to be uh, fancy. Tomorrow. You can be fancy with it too. Ex- exactly. But go ahead, crack one open with with whoever. I promise you'll enjoy it. It's not the gym bag, stinky locker flavored kombucha that you may have once tried 10 years ago. It's so delicious and so good for you. Uh, Vanessa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.